hello and welcome to Winning in Prayer. I'm Pastor Daryl. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing. Listen, I pray that as this year has began and we're in our second month of the year, I pray that you are, in fact, enjoying uh, your prayer life. We here at Winning in Prayer believe that prayer is something that you should look forward to and not avoid it. Why? Because it was in prayer that Jesus did one of the greatest things that I believe uh, you and I will ever do. And that is he exchanged his will for his father's. And again, I believe one of the greatest things that you and I will ever do is to, in prayer, exchange our will for his. I believe that it is then you will begin to see a different momentum and a different traction in your prayer life. Why? Because uh, we've, we, we've been saved and we've been trying to will things on our own. But when we give up and say, God, you know, we've done it our way long enough. Now we're going to exchange our will for yours. And when we, when we step back and begin to let God be God in our lives, I believe again that it is then that we'll begin to see a new traction and a new momentum in the area of prayer. And I believe this is why uh, prayer is avoided a lot of times because it becomes a thing that's not enjoyable. But we here at Women in Prayer believe that prayer should be something that you look forward to and not something to be avoided. So listen, we're going to be talking about United in Prayer on today. And I want you to turn to James, the fifth chapter, and we're going to read the 13th through the 16th verse. And it reads, Is any of among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any married? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. The 16th verse says, Confess your faults one to another. And pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now let's go back up to that 13th and 14th verse. It says, Is any afflicted among you, let him pray. Is any merry, let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Now right off, I want you to understand that there's a difference between a sickness and an affliction. It says in the 13th verse, if, if you are uh, afflicted, you can pray. But if there's a sickness among you that you are to call for the elders of the church. A sickness, again, is something that you can... Uh, an affliction is something that you can pray for and through. A sickness is something that you need to call for the, you know what? An affliction means that you pray. A sickness, you call for the elders of the church. There's levels to this. Again, I want you to understand, a, a, an affliction, you pray. A sickness, you call for the elders of the church. There's a difference in the two. An affliction could be uh, a nagging situation uh, that you yourself can pray through. A sickness 
It's going to require you for you to call for the elders of the church. You're literally calling for backup. You're calling for reinforcements. Why? You might be saying, Pastor, why do I have to call for the elders of the church? Well, it's simple. The elders are going to be able to pray at another level. Why? Because this is what they do. This is this is what they are there for. This is why you should call upon them. They are able to pray at another level because this is what they do. You want to get a prayer through? Call for the elders of the church. For so long, many people have wanted to be private. They wouldn't want to know what was going on. And so they kept things to themselves only to be only to be left with dealing with a sticky situation that they couldn't get through. Instead of calling for reinforcements, calling for backup, calling for someone that can get a prayer through. Listen, there's levels to this. Everyone can't pray with the same uh, 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 level of effectiveness. And so you have to call for somebody that can get a prayer through. Again, the elders are gonna be able to pray on another, on another level. At verse 15, I want to point out something to you. It says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Now, if there's a prayer of faith, there's also a prayer that doesn't include faith. And a lot of times, what I want you to understand is, uh, when you're dealing with the sickness, you can begin to pray prayers of desperation instead of prayers of faith and so this is why it's so necessary to call for someone that can pray through a pray about the situation through the situation with faith so that you can get results God never said that he was going to respond to our tears or our emotions it's the prayer of faith that God is going to respond to. And so this is why I'm saying you need to get past the fact of not wanting anyone to know what's going on. God responds to the prayer of faith. God responds to our being able to call for backup, call for reinforcements, call for someone that can get a prayer through and when we do that, the results is, the Bible lays it out for us, that the results are that the prayer of faith will save the sick, it will raise them up, there's restoration involved, and there's the forgiveness of sin. All of this coming behind the prayer of faith, not the prayer uh, of, of the, the desperation of your situation, not your tears, not your emotion, not your trying to do it on your own, but the prayer that's been uh, confessed to someone, God responds through honesty, he responds to transparency, and no longer can we have a situation that we're dealing with if it's a sticky situation, call for the elders of, a ch of the church. If it's something you can't get past, if it's something that you can't get beyond, call for backup, call for reinforcement. I know you don't want anyone to know. There's been times that I didn't want, it, want anyone to know uh, certain things. 
But then there's a, there's certain times that you have to call for backup. There's certain times that you're going to need reinforcements. And again, I want you to understand that the elders are there because everyone can't pray with the same level of effectiveness. Listen, there's levels to this. And the Bible would not spell this out if it didn't mean anything. And so what I want you to do is get get past uh, your uh, wanting to be private. You're wanting to keep things uh, to yourself. When there's a sticky situation that you're dealing with, you're going to have to call for backup. You're going to have to call for reinforcements. Because I want you to understand, there's a difference between an affliction and a sickness. There's a level to this. And there's times you're going to have to call for backup. There's times that you're going to have to call for reinforcements. There's times I want you to understand that everyone doesn't pray with the same level of effectiveness. And if you could do it on your own, God would not spell out in these few verses of scripture here the fact that we need to pray with each other and for one another and again I want you to understand that if there's a prayer of faith there's also uh, a prayer that does not include, include faith listen I can remember a time of praying you know I was I, I cried and uh, you know uh, I was carried away with my emotions and I said God I, I don't understand why you're not moving because you know I'm praying with faith and I can clearly remember uh, God uh, impressing upon me that I wasn't praying with faith, but it was the desperation of my situation. And so again, I want to remind you that God never said that he would respond to our emotions. He never said that he would respond to our crime. He never said that he would respond uh, to our being carried away uh, with why, you know, with questions of why and, and things like that. But it's the prayer of faith that he said that he would respond to. Uh, all the tears in the world, it doesn't guarantee that God's going to move. But it's your praying in faith. It's your moving in faith. It's, it's your uh, releasing faith-filled words that will bring about change for your situation. You know, at that 16th verse, I love it. It says, confess your faults one to another. And what this is getting at is the uh, mutuality of prayer. You know, this 16th verse is one of the most famous verses of prayer. And it's telling you right at the beginning that God desires that there be group prayer prayer with and for one another it said confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed healing comes after our confession healing comes after our being honest healing comes after our being transparent healing comes after us giving up our will for his will then it says here that ye may be healed. It says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We'll never get to the effectual fervent prayer uh, availing much if we cannot confess and then pray 
to be healed. Again, I want you to understand, God responds to transparency. God responds to honesty. Yes, there are certain things that we need to confess, that we can, we can uh, pray for one another, that brings healing. It's not your being uh, what I call a sniper. It's not your uh, being a soloist. God intends for us to pray for one another. And when we receive inside information, we can pray effectively. Listen, I need to pray with the same passion for you that I would pray for myself. You need to pray with the same passion for me that you would pray for yourself. And a lot of times if we can rid ourselves of the guessing and, and those kind of things, we can pray effective prayers. Not me guessing, not me praying general blanket prayers, God bless brother so-and-so. No, but if there's a situation that you're dealing with, I can put the word on a real situation. I can put the word on uh, a specific situation and we can begin to see results. I love the 16th verse right here because it lets you know that God is not interested in, in our being selfish in prayer, but he wants us to pray with and for one another. It's, it's time out for us going at it alone. It's time out for us being frustrated and wondering why we can't see the traction and the momentum that we desire in prayer when all it takes is for us to come together. When all it takes is for us to confess. When all it takes is for us to be able to pray uh, in an effective way with inside information that our prayers can then become effectual, fervent prayers that avail of much. Effectual, fervent prayers that have much traction. Effectual, fervent prayers that, have, that produce much momentum in the life of the believer and believers. This is, and this is what God is after. Our confession and honesty causes God's ears to perk up. God responds again to honesty. He responds to transparency. He responds to our praying with and for one another. Are we, are we supposed to pray by ourselves? Sure we are. But God is also interested in our praying together. I believe that the church uh, uh, as individuals we've become isolated because we don't want anyone to know what's going on with in our lives we don't want anyone to know what's going on with our person uh we've become excellent at hiding things uh and because of that uh there is a lack of 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 being real with one another uh, because we're hiding, we don't want we don't want anyone to know what's really going on with us. When, if you can just take the time to trust someone, 
I know many, many people have had their trust broken. I know that. I, I don't want you to think that, that I'm oblivious to this. But I, I don't want you to miss out on the fact, again, that God is interested in us praying with and for one another. And I believe that there's some healing that needs to take place in the body of Christ where that's concerned. Uh, because I believe that in this time as no other, that with everything that's going on in the world, I believe the, that the number one thing that God is after is that the church would return to a place of prayer that we haven't been in in quite some time. Uh, yet, is there going to take? Is it going to require some healing? I believe so, but I believe with the the pressures of COVID, uh, finances, and all these other things, what else are you going to do to survive? but pray and so as individuals and a collective body i believe that god wants us to pray did god send COVID again no i don't believe he sent it but i believe that he will use it for his glory but i believe one of the number one things uh that he de he's desiring to get out of this is that we will return to our knees and to a place of of dependence upon him that we haven't had in such a long time. And so I want you to understand that these verses allow us to see that God wants us to pray together. You know, again, when you're dealing with an ongoing situation, an ongoing sickness, you can begin to pray prayers of desperation. But again, I want you, I want to remind you that God never said he would respond to our, our emotions or our tears, but it's the prayer of faith that he's going to respond to. You know, again, there's too many soloists, and God wants us to pray with and for one another. Make sure that when someone asks you to pray for them, that you actually pray for them. You know, I've I've made it uh, made a decision that when someone asks uh, me to pray for them or my wife to pray for them, we've made a decision that we would stop immediately and pray for that individual. Uh, I've been guilty in the past of having people say, hey, can you pray for this? And, and I say, yeah. And, you know, you go on with your day and you never uh, pray like you said you were. And so, you know, there's been times I've been guilty of, of not doing what I said. But I want to make sure that if someone asks for prayer, then I'm actually doing that. So if it means I have to stop what I'm doing, that's what I've been doing. That's what my wife and I have been doing. We'll stop what we're doing. Uh, and go into prayer for that individual immediately because I don't want to be guilty of saying that I'm going to pray and I don't. And so I want to invite you to, when someone asks you to pray for them, that you stop what you're doing and that you go ahead and go into prayer for them. Now listen, I want to give you a couple of scriptures that will help you to understand that God wants us to pray together with and for one another. So in Matthew, the 18th chapter, Matthew, the 18th chapter, uh, the 19th and 20th verse, it says, again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am. There am I in the midst of them. So again, you get to see 
the desire of God for us to pray together, uh, for us to be united in prayer. Not different agendas. You know, there's a different potential when we pray together. It says that for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I'm in the midst. But when you look at that 19th verse, it says, if you shall agree on anything as touching that they shall ask, it shall be done. So, so I want you to understand that there's a different potential when we pray together. And so I want you to clearly see here, Matthew 18, 19 and 20, 18th chapter, verses 19 and 20, it highlights the fact that God wants us to pray together. Why? Because there's a different potential when we're praying together. Now I want to take you to another scripture. Uh, Acts 1, Acts 1, uh, the 13th and 14th verse. And again, this is a united uh, group in prayer. And it says, and when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus uh, and Simon and Judas, the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brethren. So again, it's highlighting uh, group prayer. It's highlighting group prayer. It says they, the group, continued together in prayer, men and women praying together. Amen. Now listen, I want you to also see in verse uh, 24 here, it says, and they prayed and they prayed, meaning a group. It says, and they prayed and said, thou Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lots fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. So here, this is highlighting the group prayer, and the group being able to come to a decision through prayer to choose Matthias to be one of those that were chosen uh, as one of the men of God the uh, apostles and so I want you to understand that they came to this decision through united prayer through uh, there being a unification in prayer they decided well it was given to them that Matthias was chosen to be with the apostles so I want you to understand that it is God's desire that we would pray together Acts the second chapter at the 42nd verse it reads and they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers let me read that to you again it says and they they continued a group 
steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. So this group that's united in prayer, uh, in the studying of the word, it says they continue in the apostles' doctrine and prayer. And there's the results was it said they continued teaching. Uh, there was fellowship. There was breaking of bread, and there was prayer. The results was that fear came upon all of the souls. Bible also says that many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. So again, God is designed that there be a unity in prayer. God has respect for group prayer. Let me let me read this to you again. It says, and they, they continue. Not him, not her, but they, the group, continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayer. And the results were that fear came upon all of the souls and that many wonders were many signs and wonders were done by the apostle so there are benefits to being a united group in prayer and again i want you to understand that it's time out for you being a soloist it's time out for you to uh, going at it on your own it's time to come together and pray. We don't have to have sticky situations in our lives. But if we can come together, if we can unify, come together with the same agenda, uh, come to come together uh, and study the word, come together uh, and pray. I believe that God will then uh, begin to answer and begin and we can begin to be. Uh, uh, build momentum and build traction in our prayer lives. I believe then we can begin to get the results that we are desiring. Matt, uh, Acts 2, uh, 45 and 46, it says, And sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, Breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. What this is saying is that they got they got rid of all of their hindrances. And I believe that's what's uh, happening with a lot of us is we have too many different too many hindrances in our lives that are preventing us from doing the most important things, uh, doing those the, that thing. That is going to be bring about change. It's not about our possessions, but it's about us having a prayer life that will produce change, not only in our lives, but in uh, the lives of our families, our co-workers, and in the world. God wants us to pray and cause change in the world. It's not just you that it's not just you and yours, not just you and your family. But God wants our, our, our prayers to have effect in the world at large. There's, there's things going on that our prayers will make a difference. And so we have to get past the fact 
of praying on our own, going about it on our own. And we have to come together in prayer. Let me, get, let me give you one more scripture and then we're going to wrap up Acts 12 uh, and the 12th verse. Now this is when uh, the church is being uh, persecuted. Uh, James have been killed, Peter imprisoned, uh, and the church uh, prays. Acts 12, 12, it says, And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Verse 13, it says, And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken, named Rhoda. So during this time of persecution, uh, the Bible lets us know uh, that James was killed, Peter was in prison, uh, the church was persecuted, but the church prayed. And it was because of uh, the church being united in prayer that Peter was delivered. And Peter, while the church was praying, shows up uh, at the house where the group was praying and so what I want you to understand is uh, even when you're treated unfairly uh, even when uh, you've when you've absolutely are being tr treated unfairly uh, when you've been when you've been persecuted for no reason uh, when you've been treated wrong when you've been done wrong you still have to pray listen I know there's times that we've absolutely been done wrong we've been treated wrong we've been uh, treated unfairly but we have to come to a place of knowing that no matter how we're treated, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what we're dealing with, the way that we're going to handle it is to turn to God in prayer. Not, not, not go back and defend yourself, uh, not take up for yourself, but we have to pray. Our, our reaction has to be to pray. Listen, I want you to understand, our reaction has to be that we're going to pray. We're not going to uh, go tat for tat. We're not, if you lie on me, I'm not going to lie. We have to pray. Our reaction has to pray. Listen, we're living in a time now where everything you've been uh, taught to believe in is being challenged. Uh, at levels that we haven't seen, you know. Now they want—they're wanting to ban the Bible. They're now saying that the Bible is offensive, and so you better have uh, a prayer life. You better have a study life. What if they take your Bible? Now we haven't—we we're, we're not—we're not. Uh, having our Bibles taken yet, but what if they decide that they want to take our Bible? You know, there's uh, uh, a desire to want to ban the Bible. They're saying that the Bible is offensive. The Bible isn't just some book. The Bible isn't just some book, but it is the living Word of God. It's it's our lifeline. It's our lifeline. And so you, you better have a desire, a hunger and a thirst to, as the, as the word of God say, we need to hide this word in our hearts. 
So if we ever have to deal with the time of our Bibles being taken, you better be able to recall on some word that can get you through a situation. The word of God is so important. Prayer is so important. You're having uh, a fasted life is so important. Everything, I want you to understand, everything that you've been brought up to believe in is being challenged in many ways today. In many ways today. There's, there's decisions that's, that are being made by Christians, by non-Christians. For Christians that, that are being made by non-Christians. And so you need to hide this word in your heart as never before. You need to pray as never before. You need to fast as never before. It means something. It means something. The Bible, again, it's not just a book. But it's, it's the living Word of God. And I know for myself how much of a difference this Bible, these words have made in my life. I've had this one Bible here over 20, over 20 years. I don't lay it. I don't just lay it anywhere. I don't just treat it any kind of way. I try not to uh, dog ear my pair, my my pages. Uh, I have respect for this because of what I've seen, uh, the results that I've seen it make in my life, the results that I've seen it it make in others' lives. And I believe I don't believe that this is just another book, but it's the living word of God. And are they are they? Are they after this? They are like never before. And I believe if they could get rid of it, they would. We are living in trying times. And I want you to understand that we it's not just good enough for you to pray on your own. But you need to have some people that you can get with to pray so that you can see results. God said, if there's two or three gather, I'm in the midst. I'm in the midst. And those things that they're desiring that they can have. They can have. So if you can put your agenda to the side and have a have a united agenda. God respects that. God respects us having a united agenda. Especially when the agenda is him. Especially when the agenda is going to give him glory. Not just our not just our uh, Chris, what I what I what I call our uh, Christmas list, you know, of everything we just want Him to do for us. But when our when our agendas will glorify God, glorify His name, our prayers can have a different agenda. And so I want to invite you to find a group that you can pray pray with, because I believe you'll see a different. A different traction. I believe you'll see a different momentum. Listen, I'm Pastor Daryl for Winning in Prayer. I've enjoyed this time with you. Again, we were we talked about being united in prayer. Find a group that you can pray with, and let's see 
what God would do for us. And I believe that God has great things in store for us. Listen, I love you with the love of the Lord. And until next time, continue winning in prayer. I'll see you next time.